This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Muck Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Muck Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mmm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Muck Delivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Morning all, how we doing? Good to see you, as I always start on these dog walks, what a beautiful morning it is. The sun's shining, I do have a hoodie on because it was cold in the office, I've come out, it's already too warm for me. Summer is upon us. Birds are singing, all this odd smelling white stuff is out, uh, making it smell perfumed opposite my house. And of course, another factor of summer that's always uh, interesting is the transfer rumours. The season is not yet done. Yesterday was two years since the defeat to the Stadium of Light that sent us to the playoff final, Tom Hoffer's goal. Wonderful, wonderful memories. And if you remember back then, we didn't know which division we were going to be in. Some teams had already started their transfer business. Held us back, I think, that summer, going all the way through to the playoff final, losing. You know, you're in a tough situation if you do that. If you go up, you've got the extra money to spend. You've got a little bit more buying power. This summer, Sheffield Wednesday and Barnsley don't know which division they're in. So they're unable to start their recruitment. They're unable to finalise their retained list. I went now first week of May. Boom, gone. Bye-bye, Max. Bye-bye, Joe. Bye-bye, Regan. And now we're talking about players potentially coming in. Now, transfer rumours fascinate and infuriate me in equal measure. They fascinate me because it's a brilliant bit of um, something to write about over the summer, isn't it? The scarring news now. I don't know if anyone does that. Looking for those rumours that you can substantiate. So not just a bloke in the pub going, I saw Rico Hackett Fairchild the other day at Sinsel Bank. It's not just that. It's in a in a newspaper. Somebody saying Lincoln City have watched this player. Lincoln City have offered a contract to this player. Not always reliable. Alan Nixon, the son, particularly um, prolific. I've had a look back over a lot of his rumours around Lincoln. Not an awful lot of them come off. And the ones that do come off are not the ones he puts out five, six, seven weeks before they come out, but an hour or two before they come out when the player's been down since or bank and everybody from the kit man to the physiotherapist knows that he's signing. You know, the journalist is just the first to break it at that point. But there are four credible rumours at the moment, players that Lincoln are being linked with. And I thought, you know, just to fill a 
a nice morning dog walk, trying to get the dog to actually walk a little bit of a way this morning. Um, I talked through some of those with you and you can give me your, um, your thoughts in the comments below while we're walking around. And then maybe I might put this out as a podcast as well, because at the moment I think we're taking a week or two's break from recording an actual podcast. Uh, just purely through the lack of news, there's not an awful lot to talk about. If you haven't checked it out, do check out our Neil Warnock uh, Dragada Dragida special. Um, honestly, well worth listening to. Um, probably not two things that you would ever expect to find in the same podcast: um, a League League of Ireland mid-table team and Neil Warnock, but uh, it really does work well. So check that out. Okay, so let's talk about some of these uh, players that we're being linked with. I've made notes, again, which is becoming something of a habit for these dog walks. Um, very uh, very unlike me. usually do it from the top of my head. But when it's not Lincoln City players I'm talking about, there's a room for error. So I thought, uh, I thought there we go. Uh, on board, by the way, Chef Cheffer. Is it Cheffer? Is that how I pronounce it? I'm obviously excited for the playoff final and, uh, and best of luck to you. Uh, so, first of all, one of the players that we're linked with is Aaron Whiteman, who plays for Glen Torren and he's a right winger. He's a Northern Irish under-19 international. Started the season kind of as um, a prospect for them, but has then since migrated into the first team. Played a majority of the second half of their season. Bear in mind, their season's just coming to a conclusion. Then they do a split like the Scottish Premier League. He played in some of the post-split games um, and he was playing for them in their recent ties against uh, Glenavon and I might be wrong, but Cliftonville, uh, which is a European uh, Europa Conference League playoff game um, to try and qualify for Europe. So he's somebody that's broke through in Ireland this season. He's 19, uh, 18 or 19 years old um, and a big prospect from what we understand. His manager or his assistant manager, I did an article on him the other week, said he's definitely someone that could go over and play in England. You know, Irish players are coming over to England and, and thriving. Uh, so you know, whatever you think about the League of Ireland, I remember when we were talking about Shamrock Rovers and people are going, oh, it's League Two quality. It isn't. In fact, the Irish League is quite varied. It's one of the reasons I think that we like to send our players there because one day you are playing a, um, you know, University of Dublin, uh, UCD Dublin team who are probably League Two standard. The next you're going to Shamrock Rovers who you know, may well be around the championship standard. So it's quite a varied league. Um, well, obviously, that's uh, I'm talking there about the Southern Ireland. This is Northern Ireland that we'd be signing from. It's hard for us to sign players from Southern Ireland, by the way, uh, due to Brexit, Brexit and all that. Um, so Whiteman obviously is a, a huge prospect. I liken him very much in terms of what he would bring to Lincoln City to Dylan Duffy. Um, because he's a player who has started his career over in Ireland. He's doing particularly well, being watched by English clubs. And if you remember, Trey Hume was another. He was a player who uh, we had in the building. I mean, he was at the, the training ground. We were so close to signing him. Then his head was turned by Sunderland. Look at him this season. It's been superb for Sunderland, top end of the championship. I had a mem I was chatting to a member of club staff off the record last week. Uh, and they just said it's heartbreaking how close they came to signing Trey Hume because they know full well that had we signed him, he could well have been one that moved on for you know, a big sum. And there will be clubs now um, in the lower end of the Premier League looking at Hume. He came from Ireland. 
look at Sean Rowan, we've brought him over. You look at other players in and around our division or who we've had experience of, James McLean coming over from Ireland, Gavin White, I think he's been linked to Portsmouth at the moment. He's been at Cardiff and Oxford, another Irish import. It's a rich uh, vein of talent. Would a player be able to come over and impact the first team straight away? Duffy hasn't done a bad job. Hasn't been as hadn't had huge impact. Didn't look out of place in his games. Danny Mandrew, um, I think he scored a second highest league goal scorer last season, potentially with six. Certainly from open play, um, I think he scored more than than Jack Diamond, who everybody raved about when he first came in. So it's possible. Do I think we're going to sign Whiteman? I think of the rumours that I'm going to talk about, it's probably the. Th- Third, second or third most credible tied with another another one that I'm going to come on to. Um, yeah, it's the sort of player that we're going to be looking at. It's the sort of player that um, I think you know, has the potential to go on and do well for us. He is also being watched by other teams, Leicester City particularly mentioned. And obviously, if they go down to the championship, it might be that a move there brings a first team opportunity or at least some opportunity to play Um at their ground, you know, in, in, in cup competitions, etc. So it could be a tough, it could be a tough challenge. It could be a tough challenge. But at the same time, uh, I think it's a relatively credible rumour. Uh, Robert Haddon's online. I'm not going to bring his comments up because he mentions a player who I haven't mentioned as yet and who I will uh, mention before the end of this broadcast. But first of all, I'm going to move on to um, a 27-year-old right back uh, from Tranmere called Josh Dacris Cogley. Now, I think there are a number of people who believe that we don't need to sign a right back or a right wing back because we have TJ, we've got Las Sorensen, we've got Alicia Rahui who's doing, you know, doing some really good stuff over in Ireland on loan at the moment and getting rave reviews. Part of me feels that that's a justified conclusion that a right back isn't high up on the shopping list. Does depend, I think, on whether. CTJ is playing at centre back. It does depend on whether we see last remaining at right back or whether he's kind of planned to go into a central midfield. I think if we go to a 3 5 2 and play three in central midfield with Ethan Arahan, I think last gets away with playing in that and then a more attacking, creative midfielder alongside him. I think that last as part of a three, his energy and his application would be, would be very good. And we've seen him get forward a little bit more in the kind of closing stages of the season. Freeing him from having the responsibility of the the central mid defensive midfield role, so the six, the four, whatever you want to call it, actually probably makes Lass a, a a better option in midfield. So it could mean that we're looking at signing the right back. Um, so this uh, this lad's done really well at Tranmere for a couple of seasons. There's an element, I think, probably of the Cohen Bramble about him. Maybe not quite as much pace, but then let's face it, my car hasn't got quite as much pace as Cohen Bramble. That gone into the division below, done well, earned rave reviews. Tranmere haven't come up. If they'd come up, perhaps there's a chance that he stays with them. Again, there's a couple of us involved uh, in the hunt: Port Vale, Burton Albion. You know, I think if you're if you're a footballer in Tranmere and you're looking at clubs to sign for, probably out of those three, Port Vale top it because you could stay closer to home. But after that, Lincoln City have got to be up there. And in terms of how well we did last season and potential progression. Lincoln are the most attractive. I do wonder if there's an element of paper talk about this. And I remember last season or two seasons ago, we were linked with Tenai Watson, who went to MK Dons, actually one of MK Dons' better players, I think, that he was a former Reading youngster. Wouldn't surprise me with him being out of contract right back, playing League One football this season, whether actually he was the sort of player that we went for instead, a little bit younger as well. 
I think probably this one is the third most likely. I'll put him behind Whiteman. I think Whiteman is second most likely. I think Dacris Cogley is third most likely. Still interested in keeping an eye on that. So who do I think the most likely signing of the four that we've been linked with in kind of official publication is? Uh, it's the Portsmouth winger, Rico Hackett-Fairchild. And what's unusual about this is he would cost a fee. He's still in contract for another season at Portsmouth. Look, his stats might not grab you by the short and curlies or, or whatever ladies get grabbed by. I won't ask Donald Trump that. Right, he'll grab you by the hair, let's say. Um, 79 games, 11 goals, six last season, five the season before, spread amongst FA Cup and, and, and games like that. Only a couple of assists each season, I think, one or two. So not a huge amount of goal involvement. However, he has been a bit part player in and out at Portsmouth. Now, Hackett Fairchild is one of those players who, um, and I say this quite a bit, but it is true, who I wrote about a couple of times when I was working for Football League World. He was at Charlton. Uh, I think he went to Bromley. I think he played for Southend, potentially on loan. I might be wrong there. But he did really well when he went left Charlton and went to Brom, uh, Bromley. And he, he he was around the time Charlton had quite a few players kind of with double barrel names. There was a Hearn Grant, if you remember, I think, who was on loan at Crawley. Hackett Fairchild was kind of the next breed coming through. When he went to Portsmouth, it didn't surprise me. It smelled an awful lot when he went to Portsmouth, uh, like when Jamal Lowe came from can't remember which non-league team Jamal Lowe was at, Hemel Hempstead, I think, went to Portsmouth. He did really well and went through to Wigan. So when Hackett Fairchild went to Portsmouth, I suspected there was a bit of the Jamal Lowe about it. Um, it didn't, it hasn't worked out quite like that, but he has held his own in League One. Now, I know that we were looking at him on deadline day and I know had X happened and Y happened, um, then there's every chance that he would have been a Lincoln City player then. My understanding is that fees personal terms had been agreed and it was just a matter of Portsmouth pressing the button. They missed out on a player they were after. We didn't get him. It meant that somebody wasn't moved on from our team. That's how the transfer window works at very short notice. And there was still a, a small hint of us being in for him as late as five o'clock on transfer deadline day. I do like the look of Hackett Fairchild. I think he has stagnated a little at Portsmouth. Um, I think he's the sort of player I could see fitting into our team. Whether I would see him as a first-team player right now, I don't know. It depends what we're going to play. If we're going to play 3-5-2, then it's another centre-forward we need. Or you're going to play Mandry off-house, but are you going to play anybody really off-house because then you're designating house as the target man, so potentially not. Hackett Fairchild can play wing-back as well, so he could play wing-back and on the wing. So that kind of flexibility um, does offer kind of a does offer a little bit of what we need. I could see that happening. Same sort of thing you'd get if Harry Anderson came back, for instance, because he could play right wing back wing. Blah, blah, blah. Easy for me to say, right wing back and right wing. So I like the flexibility. Hackett Fairchild has got League One experience. We know he can do it at this level. Maybe he hasn't been consistent. Maybe he's not quite worked out for him at Portsmouth, but he hasn't been a flop at Portsmouth by any stretch of the imagination. 11 goals in 79 games isn't a bad return. And if you look at the ratio for some of our players over the course of this season, you know, it's actually not, not a bad ratio, considering how many of those 79 appearances have come from the bench late on in games and that sort of thing. He's of an age where he could still develop. He could still kind of kick on one decent season. He could become somebody that other clubs want to sign as well. So, And I don't like the words of the model because there isn't, 
whilst we do want to bring players on in and sell them on, I think there will be a focus this season or this summer on adding one or two players who have got the experience to kick on and um, you know, add value to the squad and raise the average age a little bit. You know, we had, I think it was either the youngest or the second youngest squad in the football in the League One last season. Um, I think we're going to be just looking to add a little bit of know-how to that, you know, a little bit better decision-making, a little bit more experience to calm down some of those heads, those young heads to help bring them on. Hackett Fairchild was by no means an experienced footballer in terms of he's not 30, hasn't played in the Premier League, that sort of thing. He's 79 games for Portsmouth over the last two to two and a half years. It's not to be sniffed at. It's not a, a bad return. It's a decent club. He's used to the bigger atmosphere, all that sort of thing. I think it's a signing that is likely. I think that if we can make the finances work, it wouldn't surprise me if Hackett Fairchild and Midi Shadipo were the two that were at the top of our shopping list in terms of that attacking kind of wide play, a little bit of magic, want to make things happen. We need to create more next season. There's no doubt about that. Whilst I was researching this article, and yes, I researched this article, um, I was looking at goals return to mention in con the context of the final player that I'm going to talk about. Um, and it surprised me how few of our players had got beyond five goals from open play um, in the league this season. I don't think, other than Ben House, there's anybody with five goals from open play. I think Danny Mandrew got one penalty and five from open play. Jack Diamond hit penalties as well. We didn't create enough chances. We didn't score enough chances from um, from kind of our outfield players. If we bring in a midish depot, five or six goals from open play, Bayern, Rico Hackett-Fairchild, five or six goals from open play. Danny Mandrew chips in the same. If you then have a striker who's getting 12, 13, 14, that goal count starts to up a little bit. We've got our defenders who are good for one or two a season apiece. We've just got to be aiming to get more goals in the team. Hackett-Fairchild can bring goals. Not a lot of them, but he'll bring some goals. He'll bring a better threat and he will bring a couple of assists as well. Vital, absolutely vital. I see that being probably the most likely of the summer transfer rumours. We'll go back to Robert Haddon now. Robo, we hope you're well, my friend. He missed the start as he was tending to his flower baskets. I hope that's not a euphemism. Cole Stockton would be great, but could we tempt him right? So let's get down to it. The news has come back out. And when I say news, I'll put it in inverted commas. This week, Lincoln City interested in Stoke, Cole Stockton. Those stories have originated from an article from the Morecambe Press saying that despite Lincoln talking to Cole Stockton uh, and not presently, etc. Um, Morecambe are now hoping to try and tempt him to stay. They stand zero chance, in my opinion, of that. Zero chance whatsoever. My understanding is that Cole Stockton may well have been on a Lincoln City wish list, um, along with, you know, when you have a wish list, we don't have, I don't think, at this stage, you know, five players, they're the ones we're going to get with no backups. Your wish list may be 10, 15 players. Cole Stockton may, and I don't know for sure, but maybe one of 10, 15 20 players that we've talked to that we've had conversations with um, my understanding is that he has a desire to stay in the northwest and he has a desire to uh, secure himself a very good contract for the last couple of years of his career he's 29 now realistically this contract is probably the last time he's going to command a premium player some teams will want to pay a premium there's zero doubt that Cole Stockton would be a good addition to a League Two, a League One squad. Thank you, pardon. Um, especially one that was going to play a three-five-two. So if we are going to do a, a, a three-five-two, as Cornell suggests, three-five-two formation, then we'll work with Stockton and House. Um, I, I don't know how you'd get Mandrew, Duffy, and Vernon and Shadipo in that as well. But 
Stockton and House up top in a 3-5-2 would be the sort of thing that I think would work. We did a 3-5-2. We played 3-5-2 and went away to Shrewsbury, not last season, the season before. And we had Marquis and Hopper up front and it didn't work. And the reason it didn't work is they were both very similar players. They weren't making runs for each other. They weren't working together. They were two centre-forwards working independently of each other in a, in a, uh, in a formation. You can't have that. If you're going to play three-five-two properly and you're going to play it effectively, you do need somebody who's big, somebody who's strong, somebody who can hold the ball up, somebody who can lay off, and then somebody running. And I think Ben House is a runner. He'll create space all the time. He'll pull defenders left and right. And therefore, having another player up front with him, yes, that would work. And if you were to ask me if Cole Stockton was the right type of player for that, I would be a hypocrite if I said no, because he would be. So what are the downsides? For me, Cole Stockton is a little bit... He comes across as a slightly better version of Ollie Palmer. Let's not forget, up until April the 15th this year, and my good friend Dave is on April the 15th, is sometime around his birthday. I'm not sure if I've got that exactly right or not. But so up till April the 15th, Cole Stockton had scored five goals for Morecambe this season. It's the same number of goals that Tom Hopper had scored, by the way, for Lincoln City. So when you're talking about proven goal scorers... Are we talking about Cole Stockton? Take a look back two seasons ago, did really, really well at Morecambe. But before that, he's a bit like a Paul Mullin, who was a bit of a journeyman, not looking like he was particularly threatening, not looking like he was particularly going to pull up trees. Went to Morecambe, had a really good season, scored some cracking goals. But I'm not so sure that if he's asking more money than everybody else in our squad, not talking about put together, if he wants to be our biggest earner, I'm not 100% sure that he's the sort of player that you want to be putting that money on. You, if you're bringing in a big earner, you're bringing in a big earner at 23, 24, even 25, 26. But for me, not at 29. Not when he'd got only a handful of goals to April the 15th. Not when, really, he only came into form as his contract was expiring and he needed to raise his profile. Now, I'm making absolutely no assumptions whatsoever about his attitude here. It would be grossly unfair for me to do so. But when a player comes to the end of his contract and he scores, starts scoring goals, I get that feeling. I think people used to call it the Tony Battersby feeling, the Jay Martin feeling. For some, the Marcus Richardson feeling. And there's a contract on the line, the effort goes up. Now, that might be psychological. I'm not saying that that's something that's, um, that's you know, ab bloody dog, that's absolutely set in stone. But it just sets me wondering. You know, he was in and out the Morecambe team at the beginning of this season. He was not scoring goals. His first goal for Morecambe this season, his first goal was against us in the uh, in the Papa John's Trophy. Been in and out of the team. We like him at Lincoln. Two reasons. One, he scores goals against us. We always see the best of him. And two, because he had a decent season at Morecambe when we weren't scoring goals. And they're the reasons that we like him. And a lot of the fans that are saying that we... We really want to sign Cole Stockton. He'd be a brilliant addition. The people that are saying that are saying it because they know who he is. I wonder how Peterborough fans felt when they signed Ivan Tony. Because it wasn't like Ivan Tony had been and done it massively further up, was it? There's a lot of players available that will drop out of the Championship in the Premier League. Young players looking for a contract who I think would be a better investment. I can't name names off the top of my head, but who would be a better investment than Cole Stockton. What he would bring is experience. What he would bring is a little bit of, pardon my language, shithousery. 
He's a Matt Reed. He'd be like a mobile Matt Reed for us. I'm not saying he wouldn't be a decent addition to the squad. I'm saying that all things considered, I'm not sure that he would be a great signing for Lincoln City Football Club. He would be a good signing, be a good addition to the squad. I don't think he would be the be-all and end-all signing that some fans suggest that he might be. Do I think Cole Stockton will sign for Lincoln City next season? I'm notoriously bad at predictions. I called Peterborough going through to the playoff final. Didn't happen. Thought Bolton would go through and beat him in the final. Didn't happen. I called the Peterborough-Bolton final. You know how that went. I think I called Stockport-Bradford as well. One out of four. My predictions aren't great. Do I think think Cole Stockton will sign for Lincoln City? No. No, I don't. I think you're more likely to see him rock up at Wrexham than you are at Lincoln. You're more likely to see him arrive at an ambitious club who, I'd say, just come up. Carlisle win the playoffs, potentially. A Stockport, someone in that area of the country, someone who wants a bit of a headline, a little bit of a a lift, someone who wants to sign, in inverted commas, because you know how much I hate it, a League One proven goal scorer. No such thing as a proven goal scorer. People have done it before. It doesn't prove anything. You're only ever as good as your next game, not the games that you've been playing. Uh, so let's take some questions. And Cornell, I appreciate your enthusiasm, my man, but I can't answer all of your questions, buddy, because I've got, uh, well, I've got to get married next week for a start. Um, so do you see Matty Virtue still signing with us this summer? Absolutely not now, no. Blackpool have exercised their options, keep him. They're going to want to have players who are proven at League One. There we go again. But instead of being a proven goal scorer, proven performers, now Matty Virtue is a proven performer in League One. Um, which goes against everything I've just said. Gary the hypocrite, hey? Uh, But they're going to want somebody with a track record of having played regularly in League One who's going to fit in, who's got a good engine, who's going to understand the division, who's going to help soften the blow of relegation. If we were to buy him, we would be paying a big six-figure sum, in my opinion, more than maybe we paid for Ethan Arahan. I know that Virtue's only got a year of his contract, but Blackpool aren't going to be in any need to cash in. They've got some championship money in their back pocket at the moment. They're going to be building a team for promotion, not one that they want to sell on. I don't see a signing my Virtue. I do see a signing central midfielders. Um, and, and if we were to sign somebody like Whiteman or, or Dacris Cogley, potentially I can see Lars Sorensen moving back into the central midfield. But Matty Virtue, I am afraid not. Peter Wilson, have you heard any rumours of our players leaving anywhere? I've heard nothing at all. Nothing at all. There's plenty around Regan Paul and where he might go. I think Bristol City, Queen's Park Rangers both mentioned. Cardiff mentioned. Um, I think Southampton have even been mentioned if Russell Martin goes there because obviously Russell Martin knows Regan Paul well. I don't think there was any personal issues between the two. But again, I'm I'm not so sure uh, about players that are our players. I don't think you'll find very many teams paying fees for players right now. I think you're more likely to see those um, free agents move in and and the fees, I think, will start coming out later in the summer. Agents at the moment for players under uh, under contract will perhaps not be focusing opinion too much, too heavily on, on moving them on. I think they'll be focusing more on the free agents on their books, the easy wins, the quick pays. Rico Hackett Fairchild is a kind of an exception to the rule because Portsmouth have said that he can go and we have a pre-existing interest in him, which, you know, was was pretty much confirmed um, prior to um, the end of of the the transfer window. So, you know, that's a little bit different, but actually I don't think in, um, I don't think there'll be many, many fees paid for players this early on. 
so I'm just going a little back up. Uh, Stockton equals Battersby, says Shane Clark. David Elkton, morning, Gary. Off topic, but I love the intro song. Where can I find this piece of music? It was actually sent to me. It was a, a record released in the early 80s, I think. Charlie, come on. Um, called Lincolnshire Poacher. So if you drop me an email at gazhutch88 at gmail.com, David, I will strive to try and find the original piece somewhere um, and email it through to you. So yeah, it's a very, very good piece of music. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door, including my favourite, the Quarter Pounder with cheese. Mm. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery, so the only thing left to say is, are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get reward points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. There are, of course, some former players who we've been linked with, and I wanted to pick up on just one or two of those. And by linked with, I don't mean by any reputable source. I don't mean by anybody in the media. I mean by football fans. The first one, the obvious one, Sam Lucas. Now, we know about Sam. He's the one that got away. And I talk about the one that got away. Sometimes you look at players that have come from Lincoln, like Jamie Clapham and Steve Froggart, and you think... Oh, if we if we'd picked them up, if our scouting had picked them up, if we'd got them into our team, they would have been, you know, they would have been great additions to the Lincoln City squad. Then there's ones that got away that played the odd game for us and went on and had great careers. There's Gary Crosby. Gary Crosby was on the bench for Lincoln for the very first game that I ever went to, a four-one defeat against Hartlepool. Um, and obviously he went on and had a great career, played top-flight football with Nottingham Forest. Sam Klukas is very, very much in that kind of ray, in that kind of sphere. And if anything, it's more frustrating because you know, Sam was a local boy, wanted to play for Lincoln, got his contract one year, made a single appearance the day after or a couple of days after the manager that had faith in him is fired. Another manager comes in, doesn't like him. Sam never plays again. Put a picture on an article yesterday of Sam in his, in his kit. And he just looked like a, he looked like a schoolboy that had won a competition uh, with the greatest respect to him. He didn't look like that when he was making a £16 million move, did he, from Hull City to Swansea City and playing in the Premier League. Yeah, he's a proper footballer, proper footballer then. He really matured. I think he went to the Glen Hoddle Academy after he left us and then came back. Hereford, Hereford, Mansfield, Chesterfield, Hull, I think. Swansea, Stoke, Premier League football. Big player. 32 years old now. I think I've worked out he'd played something like 59 games over the last three seasons. Uh Injuries, I think, have taken their toll a little bit. Do I think that this Lincoln City squad can afford to pay what would be big wages on a 32-year-old with injury issues? No. And he could be like a Liam Bridcourt for us. Liam Bridcourt, quality player, one of the best I've ever seen in a Lincoln shirt. Stand by that until I see somebody who's better. And Ethan Aran, by the way, is getting there. 
but how did we cope when he was out injured? We didn't. We were top of the table with Liam Bridcut playing. When he came out the side, we tumbled down the table, ended up in the playoffs. Last season, he got injured against Ipswich. Um, just before the autumn, I seem to remember, our autumn was absolutely terrible. Absolutely terrible. So you can't carry, you can't be reliant on an injury hit player. I think Danny Cowley was said that you could always have one or two players who were trying to nurse their injuries in your squad. You could always have one maverick in your squad. Other than that, there was far too much disruption. The way that we operate, trying to get the best for our buck every single time, I'm not sure that we will take a risk on a 32-year-old potentially with injuries. We'll look for a player like a Jacob Davenport, for instance, 23 years old, having suffered injuries, who you think if you can get him fit then there's something there at the end of it for us. I don't think we'd do that with Sam Klukas. Uh Kate Jackson, I was there for Klukas's one and only appearance for us. He was awful that night. He wasn't fit for purpose at the time and it was right to release him. He was a boy. He was a boy and he went away and he earned himself the right to play in the top flight through hard work and application. I've got nothing but respect for Sam, but quite right. It's easy to make the old throwaway comment. Chris Sutton was the genius that got rid of Sam Klukas. It's easy to make that comment. But actually, Sam was a young lad at the time. It would probably have been nice if we'd had the budget to have kept him on for a couple of years, loaned him out and let him develop with us. It's about spotting that potential in players. Some managers can do it, some managers can't. But at the time, quite right, Sam Klukas wasn't ready to come into that side at all. And it was a disjointed, broken up side. He's had a great, like I say, he's had a great career. It would be a wonderful story, wouldn't it? Sam Klukas returns to Lincoln City, helps them to promotion to the championship. But given his injury record, I'm just not sure it's a risk that we could take. Of course, the other player who's been released, uh, who inevitably would be mentioned as a potential to come back, because as I said earlier in the broadcast, we love a name that we know, and we know the name of Harry Anderson better than almost any. You know, 200 plus appearances for the club a National League winner's medal, a Checker Trade Trophy winner's medal, uh, a League Two winner's medal, playoff semi-finalist in League Two, playoff semi-finalist in League One, Checker Trade Trophy semi-finalist. I mean, he is, pound for pound, the most decorated Lincoln City player of all time. He has more winner's medals um, in, his, in his trophy cabinet than any Lincoln City player. He hasn't appeared in as many playoffs, but he's appeared in the highest profile player than any other player. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think he's probably the only Lincoln City player to have twice played at Wembley. I can't remember if he came on against Blackpool, actually, or not. But certainly twice to be part of the Lincoln City squad that got to Wembley. Released by Bristol Rovers. Still only 26 years old. Injury issues last year, but still got in a good number of games. Versatile, right wing back, right back the sort of player whose return I think would sell season tickets. And he's not, you know, he's not a former Premier League player. He's not a big name. But it's Harry, isn't it? We saw him grow up, boy to man. You know, I saw it more than many, any, I think, because I was into, when I was doing the interview for the programme, Anderson was an unused sub against Blackpool. So we'll say part of the squad at Wembley, that'll do. You know, interviewing for the programme, I remember interviewing him as a 17-year-old lad, I think, or 18 maybe, when he first came. And it was it was a difficult interview because he was quite shy, softly spoken. And I remember the last interview I did with him, he was 
seem to remember shopping in Tesco's and he's just bright and bubbly and excitable and he's just a great, great guy. He's a great, great guy. On his Instagram picture, he was back in Lincoln this weekend. Everybody was putting two and two together, coming up with 27. Uh, I would, do you know what? I don't, rare, I don't very often let my heart rule my head. And I've just, I've just shown that, I've just demonstrated that with the talk about Sam Klukas. You know, I don't feel that Sam Klukas, the Sam Klukas story is enough in terms of my heart to overrule my head. I don't care if we brought Harry Anderson back to sit on the bench and occasionally come on at right wing back, occasionally come on on the right wing, play every EFL trophy game, play in the League Cup and pay him a decent wage because it's Harry. He's the one player, I think, who is available this summer who I think that I would just have back because of who he is, not because of what he adds. Um, and, and when I say that, he's a League One footballer. Might be mid-table League One footballer in many people's eyes. He's a League One footballer. He came from League One to Pete, from Peterborough to us. Came all the way through to League One with us. Dropped into League Two with Bristol Rovers. Boom, takes them to League One as well. Or helps take them to League One as well. And then plays for them in League One. He is able to play football in League One. And for me, I don't think it will happen, by the way. I don't think that we'll sign Harry Anderson. I'm not saying that for one minute. I don't think that um, he fits the, the profile. But it would just be a feel-good appointment. I think it would be something, and the club would never do this, but it would be the sort of signing that you would make if you were trying to build really much, much tighter relationships between squad and fans. The returning hero, still of an age where he can make a difference. You imagine the roar when he first came on. It would smell a little bit to me like when Richard Butcher came back in 2008-9 after he'd been off to Notts County and everything. That kind of, he's coming back, that feeling, little grab at nostalgia. We've moved away from the Danny Cowley era now. We had the Michael Appleton era, which broke it up. We're in a new era. We are what we are. You know, and I am one We will always say, you shouldn't look back. You can't judge us on where we've been. I'll do it sometimes. Say, you know, we were at Welling six years ago. Look where we are now. It's progress. So this is a new Lincoln City. We don't consider that we're still on that ride. We don't consider that the FA Cup run, the Checker Trade Trophy win, the League Two win. We don't consider this as part of the journey. It's like we've changed stations. You know, we were on the Lincoln Loco. We've now changed stations. And we're just on a nice bog standard League One train first class going forward not at any kind of fast rate it doesn't hurt to think back does it It doesn't hurt to think back you know when you go somewhere for a second time on holiday places feel better because you've already been there once they feel familiar and then you get that feeling of liking it there I just think Harry Anderson coming back to this football club would just just give fans a little bit of that feel-good factor there's a psychology by the way when I studied hypnosis um, study clinical hypnosis. There's a psychology of how you get people to, um, how you build rapport with people. And one of those uh, rapport building tactics, I'm going off on the tangent a little bit here, was that you could sit across from somebody talking to them and you engage them in conversations about things that they feel passionate about. So you would get them to talk about their holidays, about their children, about their hobbies. And when they started talking passionately about something that they really enjoyed, you could fiddle with your tie. Innocuous move. Fiddle with your tie. Scratch your face a couple of times. But every time. And you'd get them to talk about three or four things that they really liked. And you would do the same movement. Scratch the tie. Uh, scratch your face. 
fiddle with your tie, whatever, scratch your nose end. What you're doing is you're building a connection between your action and them feeling good about themselves. Then at a later date, when you wanted them to do something for you, you were securing a deal, for instance, if it was in a business meeting and you wanted them to lower the price, as you were putting your suggestion across to them, you would make the same move. And what that should do in their mind is reinforce the positive things that they had been talking about, those feelings that come back when you talk about something. You doing that would trigger those feelings and it would make them feel more connection to you. And it was also a, a, a quick pickup dating tip, by the way, that if you were talking to somebody of the opposite sex, you'd get them to talk and you would do the same thing. Harry Anderson coming back to Lincoln City would be a little bit like that because the second he walks out on the Cinsel Bank pitch, you're thinking about his goals, about his performances. You're thinking about him wheeling away as we beat Forest Green 6-1 in the FA Cup. You're thinking about him getting down the wing, beating players. You're thinking about, um, I think he scored a, a crucial goal, didn't he? I can't remember who against. Did he score the one against um, Torquay, didn't he? In uh, Easter, the first one. You're thinking about those things. You get those positive feelings. And those feelings would then be transferred across to Lincoln City now. That's why I'd sign Harry Anderson. We're not going to. Or I don't think we're going to. I've heard no instance that we would at all. Of that list of former players yesterday, Anderson, Harry Anderson and Midi Shadipo were the two that I would say, yes, we should go and sign. Firmly believe we should send Midi. Midi, I think that he would be a player that will split the fan base. If he came back, scored six goals and five assists, there'll be people who will still say he doesn't do enough. There are some people he could never please. There are some people that I think he could never let down. I'm probably the second one. Because for every game where he wasn't all that great, and I, I, I seem to think... Burton or Barnsley, one of the two, he wasn't that great. I think back to Plymouth away where I think he was. Myself and Gav, my mate Gav, who we sit with, were not in agreement about how Midday did at Derby. I thought he scored his goal at Derby. I thought he worked really hard. He made some good runs. He made things happen. Gav thought he was lazy and looked poor. And once you've got that belief in your head, it's hard to get around it. I'd sign Midday tomorrow. I, I think of... All of the players that I've talked about, Rico Hackett, Fairchild, Harry Anderson, Sam Klukas, Cole Stockton, Midish Depot. I think Midi is the one that, if we can make it work, is the most likely incoming player um, in the first part of this summer. And I think Jez George said in an interview with the BBC, didn't he, that he was expecting a signing early summer. Well, we're not far from early summer. It would not surprise me if Midish Depot um, was the player that we looked to sign in the early summer. It really wouldn't. Right, let's have a quick look and see if there's any more comments. Uh, there are quite a few from Cornell. Cornell, I can, I can only read out a couple, mate, but I really appreciate you engaging with the, um, with the content. Malcolm said he's on the RICT Museum website. Just checked. So that's the music. So, David, if you're looking for the music, the Redims Community Trust Museum is brilliant, um, and it's on there somewhere. So whether you can download it from there, I don't know, but you can have a, uh, have a look. Mike Downs, morning, mate. Mike. You haven't let me know. You still come in uh, June 17th. Give me a shout, buddy. Uh, that's my second wedding, getting married twice. So I'm getting married next Thursday properly in a registry office, then party up here in the Wolds on June 17th with close family and friends. Steve Leach, good morning, mate. Good morning, mate. I hope you're well. Got a couple more. Who do you reckon Man City will sign? I'll be honest, George, I really don't know, mate, but I doubt that it's going to be any Lincoln City players. What does interest me is where Morgan Rogers goes from here. Does he loan back into the championship? So it's more about the young players leaving Man City that 
you know, I'm interested in. Once upon a time, we had a good relationship with Man City, Morgan Rogers, Luis Fiorini. Will Lincoln loan anyone from them this season? I'm not so sure. Malcolm, a case of Hackett Fairchild or Shadipo, not both. Disagree. I, I understand the point, but I think that there could be some outgoings as well as incomings this summer. And I think our squad can, um, I think you can carry four wide players. Uh, and going into, from the transfer window at the time, I think there was, there was Danny Mandrew, there was Jack Diamond, there was Jordan Garrick, and there was Charles Vernon. I can see us going into next season with four wide players two for each position. So Hackett Fairchild, Midish Depot, Danny Mandrew, and then potentially Duffy loaned out or Charles Vernon loaned out uh, and the other one of Duffy or Vernon still sticking around the squad. Forgive me if I've forgotten anybody there, but I can see it happening. I think that we will look to... Because Shadipo would be maintaining the status quo from the end of the season and actually our form at the end of the season was very good. Uh, and then I think... So Shadipo comes in to maintain. Hackett Fairchild comes in as an extra over. If we were going to sign Hackett Fairchild on deadline day, my understanding is that we were going to loan a player out at the same time. Got feeling is that maybe Charles Vernon might have gone out on loan to get some match experience, to get some minutes under his belt, hopefully to develop that kind of, that um, uh, that end product. Because Charles got in some great positions, by the way, over the course of the season. His XG to his goals return was disappointing. Now, for me, you can work on a player who gets in the positions and misses them. It's harder to work on a player to get them into the positions because that's only the first bit. Steve Barton, Dylan Duffy, a starter every week for me. Do you know what, Steve? I've been just as impressed with him. There's little things that I saw, touches, certain degree of bravery on the ball, one or two little drops of the shoulder. He actually reminded me a lot of a young Harry Anderson. Um, and, and in terms of levels, Duffy's probably higher because he's come on and done it in League One. What he needs is to get up to speed to the English game. You know, there was He drifted out of certain games. There was a game where he came off at half-time. Can't remember who against. Um, it was a home game towards the end of the season. So, one as, say, Barnsley... But it might have been Burton. It might have been one of those. I really liked him. Yeah, I did. I really liked him. And I think he's a player who has got a big future. We keep making predictions about these players. And we're in such a good position with the young players now. This season, you know, Ben House kicking on, doing well. Sean Rowan kicked on, may move on. We'll get a fee for him. Um, Danny Mandrew come over from Ireland, done really well. Dylan Duffy, you've got a Huey and Draper who are... They're impressing. I saw Freddie Draper um, named as the best striker in the Irish League on a Twitter feed the other day. Literally, he's got all of the components to be a great striker. That boy might have dropped off the radar a little bit, you know, not being in the first team going over to Ireland, but he is doing phenomenally with the drugs. A Huey too. They're two players, I think, that come back and impact the first team picture next season. And I'm talking not squad players. I'm talking first team squad. I'm talking first 16 not around the first team every so often. And there might even be a train of thought. And I know you can shoot me down because everybody thinks we need a striker. But if Freddie Draper comes back from the drugs with 10 goals to his name, he'll be like a new signing for us. And 
if we were to go over to Ireland and sign a player who has been prolific for his team at 19 years old, big, strong, all these great qualities, we were to sign him and bring him over, everyone would rave about him. That's what Freddie is doing over there now. He has missed more chances than he's scored, by the way. He's underperforming on his XG. I think somebody said he's got the best XG in the division. So he's getting in those positions, but he's just not finishing them at the moment. Combination of bad luck, lack of confidence early on, I don't know. He's getting in the positions. That's what you can't coach. That's what you can't coach. We know he's got finishing ability as well. I'm, I'm confident Freddie Draper could be a big player for us. 46 minutes in, lovely warm day. I've got to take my hoodie off. It's been a delight chatting to you this morning. Some of it's been mindless, baseless rumour and speculation, but it's nice talking players. It's nice talking players knowing that we've actually got a squad that I think if we kicked off next season tomorrow, we've got a squad that, with a couple of lone players, stays in this division with consummate ease. It's a great position to be in because we're building on an already competent squad of players. Yes, we do need certain players. And because we obviously, when I say starting League One tomorrow, you'd you'd have to have Sorensen in the midfield. You know, there would have to be additions. But what I mean is, I think as a squad, we are in as good a position right now as we have been at any other point over the last couple of seasons, going back to the Danny Cowley era, almost certainly, because last summer it was a rebuild needed. The summer before, we lost George Grant, Brennan Johnson, Morgan Rogers, players like that left. We looked threadbare. The nucleus of the team last season was departing players like McGrandles and lone players like Marquis. Marquis was short term, but like Marquis, like Brooke Norton Coffee, like Louis Fiorini. Year before, not great. The COVID season, we had nothing. We were starting from scratch. We did really well, by the way, recruitment that season, not criticizing it. But it was a summer where you're, you, if I was talking into my phone at the time, it would be, well, we only need 10 players. We need whatever. Don't feel like that now. What we need is quality additions, not the quantity of additions. And if Lincoln City signed five players this summer, it doesn't sound a lot. But if we sign three permanently of our own, two or three loans to pepper the squad with, I think we could be in a really decent position. I really do. Thank you for your time. Thank you, as always, for engaging. Please do go and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Even if you're watching this on Facebook, please subscribe to YouTube. It's really, really important to me for a personal reason. Um, I'm in a little personal battle with somebody else to try and get to 1,000 subscribers first. Somebody who's not talking to me uh, at the moment. And it's just a little personal thing. And it's really selfish. And it's really uh, childish, but I'm really desperate to do it. So if you're not on YouTube, please go sign up, subscribe to me, subscribe to the Stacey West loads of content coming next year charlie's going to be putting his video content online so lots and lots to look forward to and that's pretty much all there is to say about that isn't it all the imps around watching the imps on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share boxes on the go. Your mate's already got booked for double dipping, but then you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered 
by fans.